Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Hello and welcome to another Wessex LMC's podcast. This is us recording our newsletter, our weekly newsletter. My name is Dr Laura Edwards, I'm a GP and one of the joint CEOs of Wessex LMC's and I'm joined by Dr Will Howard, one of our medical directors as well. Hi Will. Hello there, nice to see you, uh, hear you all again. <laughs> so uh, we are going to rattle through um, our newsletter to keep you up to date. Uh, perhaps take this opportunity to go out, stretch your legs and listen to this and do two things at once. You can also put us on faster speeds so that you can get through this in, on supersonic speed. Uh, but we are going to chat through quite quickly because we know your time is precious. So uh, in this newsletter, which will be coming out on the 15th of November, uh, we are looking at, first of all, the National Annual Conference uh, of uh, Representatives of England um, and that is where all the LMCs come together across the country to discuss and debate motions and it can sound dry uh, d- debating and politics people think oh but actually this is the stuff that matters to you, everyone out there around general practice so these are topics that you will be thinking about um, and um, perhaps be concerned about so for example the GP contract uh, GP retention should we be keeping urgent care in, in normal general practice or should we be splitting it apart from routine general practice for example, um, ARS supervision, RAC and ADHD amongst a number of the topics that are being um, debated. So um, if this matters to you um, and you've got some opinions, do have a look at the agenda. It's publicly available. We've popped the the link into our newsletter um, and uh, you can send us your thoughts and we will share them with the representatives that are being sent from each of our local medical committees so that they can potentially speak to those and um, make share your views, make your views known. Um, so um, if you want to do that, uh, send it to our normal office uh, email address and we will pass those on. Right, that takes us on to from one meeting to another, the GPC England meeting update. Um, so they have had an important meeting to uh, where they set out a vision for general practice, which obviously uh, it's really important that we know what we want. Uh, we've got uh, politics hotting up again nationally and everyone uh, expecting a general election soon. So we need to be really clear what our ask is. So um, they have realised that our, our vision, obviously, it needs to uh, have common ground with our patients and also with our commissioners. Um, so uh, we need to look for the kind of new contract, again, recognising 24, 25, probably not going to be a huge sea change in what we have in our contract, but thereafter, we absolutely need to see that. And that's for us as a profession, um, for it to be sustainable, but most importantly for our patients, um, because if we're not sustainable, there won't be anyone for our patients to see. And that is the greatest risk to patient safety that there is. So um, we will, uh, there's also going to be a national survey. Uh, they want to hear from GPs across the country. So that's regardless of whether you're a BMA member or not. And they plan to to form this vision um, in detail and then share it uh, widely across other um, stakeholders of influence, for example, RCGP, RCN, think tanks, um, and of course, patient groups as well. So essentially, this all boils down to we probably need more resource to do our job more effectively. Um, And so, again, there's some data there talking about how we've increased our productivity in general practice, despite really a flatlining um, of our workforce. But in fact, you can contrast this because we're all in this, you know, it's difficult times. In fact, in contrast, the acute sector, uh, their productivity has actually fallen uh, whilst their workforce has increased. So we are doing stupendously well, but we need resource to be able to do that. And that's what GPC will be asking for. 
That moves us on to general practice pressures and some data there. Again, just for your awareness, again, we need to know this stuff. We uh, have conversations with our patients. They don't know this stuff. Uh, we, we absolutely need to, to be able to explain why we feel so under pressure. What did you want to pick out of that, Will? Yeah, I think the most relevant bit is is that actually there are fewer GPs and the, the number of patients per GP has risen. This won't be news to anyone listening to this. We all know this. But I think what's important is, is that the government have accepted that we are a good 6,000 GP short. And I think that's a bare minimum, most of us would agree, and that we need to therefore do something about that. And patients have said very strongly that they value their family doctor and they're, they're perceiving a loss of the family doctor. And we need to try and reinvigorate that to improve health outcomes for patients, but also improve the fact that being a GP can be the best job in the world when it's well enough funded and we have the time to look after the patients that we train to care for. Um, it's important never to lose sight of that, but it can be increasingly difficult as the demand on our time increases relentlessly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, this has just brought back that, you know, despite every time the government asks, they always say, oh, we're going to have some more GPs. And that's their answer to everything. Uh, if you look at back at when they kind of started this, 2015, we're, we're actually still down on baseline. So despite all their promises to increase, we're, we're still, we haven't even made it to the start line yet. We're further away than we were at the beginning, which is a little bit depressing, but we need to keep reminding of that. Um, them of that. Uh, that brings us to uh, another thorny issue, which is accelerated access to records programme updates. Again, this is still still rolling. Um, so again, reiterating advice that you really, really must do the data protection impact assessment. Kind of all parties really agreed that that is really key. Um, there is uh, the link again to the template DPIA there from the BMA um, and uh, just read their guidance page. That's being um, updated. Um, and uh, they've also released some advice that around uh, the opt-in approach as well. Um, that brings us to talking about kind of bringing people in. Uh, we have got the register with the GP service. So this is a step forward uh, in technology. Uh, this is now allowing patients to register with you um, through technology instead of bits of paper. Uh, so this sounds uh, like a good step and hopefully uh, will save your practice 15 minutes uh, per patient to do this. With some detail in the newsletter uh, around how wonderful it is um, and also access to the PRF1 form, which is going to replace the GMS1 uh, form, uh, which you can use as paper instead. There's an invite in there to, um, to enrol and we've got the details of how you uh, access them. Uh, and just to kind of where we are at the moment, uh, we're broken in southeast and southwest, which are very big areas. They're much bigger than just our LMC area. But in that area, in those areas, four out of 10 practices are signed up. Um, so uh, if you've done it, we'd love to hear your experiences. And if you haven't done it yet, then there's the offer within there uh, to, to um, sign up. That then brings us to physician associates. Um, so a GPC England meeting, they uh, passed an emergency motion, uh, which was tabling concern over the increasing trend of physician associates. Um, and they were concerned about them erroneously being used to replace GPs. Um, and they need to basically ensure correct uh, processes and regulations are in place. So it's worth noting that physician associates at the moment, uh, they're not doctors uh, and they are not regulated and they cannot prescribe. And again, they've been highlighted, I think, cases where patients are a little bit confused about who they're seeing because don't know there's lots of factors involved in that but they're not clear that they're not seeing a doctor um and uh basically it's a new, it's it's a new phrase 
Mm. It's a new phrase, isn't it, Laura? Physicians associates are new to most of us and we're learning how, how, effect, how effective they can be. And I think that we should always remind everybody working with physicians associates to value them in the team, uh, make sure that every staff member that you work with is valued, but equally understanding the limitations and the amount of support that those people need. Um, and this is really just uh, highlighting that as people that are staff members that we work with are not regulated, they can't prescribe, and we've got to just make sure we ensure patient safety is at the heart of all that we do exactly and it needs to be fair to the patients it needs to be fair to the individuals and what they're being asked to do um but as we get an increasingly diverse workforce of multidisciplinary these are the things we've got to iron out as we go along um, and it's important that we take time to do so um, then we've got a little bit on the uh, vaccinations uh, and you'll be pleased to know, uh, know Will and I are laughing because obviously the timing is spectacular, uh, that the co-administration template is now available. Um, so obviously the, drawing your attention as well to the fact that the additional financial support has come to an end now. Um, and at the moment, there, there doesn't appear to be any appetite uh, for extending that offer of extra finance towards uh, the vaccinations. Um, so just be mindful of that. And um, then talking multidisciplinary teams, just bouncing back to that, um, there was a commitment from NHS England to help us uh, with messaging, really. Again, this is kind of direction of travel is we're going to do multidisciplinary, um, but uh, we need comms. We need comms support to help explain that to people. There's been a very traditional model of general practice with the GP at the centre of it, the front of it, left of it, the right of it, really, for a long time, many, many years. And actually, we're changing that. And um, we need the public to understand and that they can trust other people who are alongside GPs um, to who, who are working there. Uh, but that that needs some that needs some time to build it and some communications um, rather than that all falling to each individual GP practice to have that conversation with each patient as they come through the door. So there is now a campaign toolkit there. Um, and uh, you can have a look at that there's links in the newsletter to have a look at that that you can use to help explain this to your patients uh, then there's just a little bit uh, around GP trainees committee do you want to talk about that Will? Yeah, so the GP Trainees Committee, a branch of the BMA's GP committees, um, has renamed itself and officially named itself the GP Registrars Committee, um, which I think probably reflects the language that's more commonly used in primary care now. Um, and importantly, trying to... Um, trying to regain their professional identity. And I think we all value and appreciate our GP registrars working in primary care. So I'd urge anyone with an interest in those in training to read, read the blog that um, has been written by the GP Registrars Committee Chair. Um, and there's a link to that again on our newsletter. Okay, so just moving on from that news about uh, the new uh, name, uh, moving to something that's quite sensitive. Uh, so but really good to hear that people have done some work around. Um, so this is uh, an update or an awareness raising that um, the University of Surrey, Keele University and the University of Birmingham have worked together to develop something called a post-vention set of guidance uh, for NHS services on how to support staff after the death by suicide of a colleague. Uh, which is an area that's obviously incredibly complex, but is always tragic. This is guidance that has been put together in an executive summary, which is about 10 pages, um, and then a longer document as well, which is about 40 pages. Um, I think there's some really good things around awareness raising uh, in there. Uh, particularly, there's a starting to 
statistic that the suicide rate for health workers is 24% higher than in the general population, uh, which is largely explained by increased rates of suicide amongst female nurses, female doctors, and male paramedics. So, uh, and then they've picked out that um, obviously the ripples of, of when somebody dies by suicide actually spread far beyond that, that person. And um, they've said that on average it affects 80 other people, um, one in 30 of whom may be deeply impacted and so could be considered bereaved. Um, and they've explored really the, the shock that people can go through and the impact that it can have. Uh, we all work very closely together in teams um, and they've acknowledged that um, really. So they talk about uh, a preparation summary, so being aware of the possibility, an immediate response, uh, an ongoing response and then um, the importance of doing a review as well. Um, I think to pick out in there, they've, they've talked about that there should be a postvention support team in each NHS trust and across an ICB, which would therefore hopefully support um, general practice. Um, and they've got some good challenges there of, you know, how would your organisation deal with it? Would there be stigma? Uh, would there be silence if this were um, to happen in your organisation and they've got some really good resources about really opening up those conversations and um, meeting those challenges. Uh, so the resource list is at the end of the longer document um, on page 34 and it might be worth having a look at that. Um, uh, again, hopefully some of those uh, actually focus on prevention as well, which is uh, obviously a much better outcome. Uh, so it might be worth uh, just reflecting in your organisation in these times of stress um, and, uh, and thinking about highlighting some of those uh, more proactive steps as well. Okay, thank you. So switching to something far more kind of... Um, I don't know the word, but banal really, but very important is our um, telephone contracts. Uh, so this is just a reminder uh, in case this has clipped your mind, because I think it has been uh, been everywhere, hasn't it? Uh, is about digital telephony and the fact that analogue is going and uh, all phone networks will be switched off by December 2025. Uh, so this is a reminder that you uh, need to have signed up in principle for a transition. You need to sign those contracts by the 15th of November in order to get the funding offer that goes with it. Uh, so it's just a reminder there. And then general practice improvement also has a programme to help uh, you maximise your usage of digital telephony. And I think um, that is something that we're seeing practices do have digital telephony, but aren't necessarily getting the most from it. Um, so potentially those resources can guide you through that and make sure that you get the most out of it for you. Uh, then we've got a, a little bit around uh, some education and events uh, that we'd like to highlight for you. So we've got a return of our how-to series. So these are an excellent bedrock of understanding general practice. This is not clinical stuff. This is everything outside of that. Um, and we've got the first one coming to us on Tuesday the 30th of January. Uh, that's 9.30 till 12, so it's a decent chunk of time. Um, and we will be uh, looking at this time the uh, regulations, overview of the NHS and NHS contracts. So if that's been a mystery for you, then do come along. Uh, it's free for all Wessex LMC's uh, members. And the other way to do it is you can sign up and you can watch it for free afterwards as well. So we hope to see you there. 
Uh, and then last but not least, we've got uh, something around pheno. Uh, so again, if pheno is a mystery for you and you're wondering, uh, you've heard about it, but you don't know what it is and whether it might be useful, um, then we've got a, a nice, uh, short little um, webinar working together with Wessex Academic Health Science Network and um, bringing in some clinical experts to talk about that so that you can understand it and think whether you want it in your practice or not. We're obviously working with them around whether this is funded <laughs> and how the funding and the resource works because that's always the uh, other question isn't it but um this is to arm you with the knowledge and awareness of it so that brings us to the end of our newsletter today thank you so much for joining us we hope you have a great week and thank you for all that you're doing out there take care goodbye wessex lmc's supporting you and your practice